Hallelujah. That was a song called Song of Redemption. You know, the one thing that God hates is lies. And no matter how small they are, and no matter how much good they are there for, I believe that because there's so much misinformation, I must pull the curtain back. Now, over the years watching, because that's exactly what I do, is watch. I've awaited to see some redemption. As you all in all movements, that could be movements of politics, movements of unity and, and huh, organizations and religion. We have infighting. Today, I'm really going to be dropping some things that are going to make a lot of people uncomfortable because they made a ton of money off of this, and they continue to perpetuate the lie. The world was told that they would be saved. The world was told that they would be able to trust that it would happen. But over eons, one thing I have learned is no matter how much someone believes they are good, they do not understand that relationship that is so profound with God. And I say this because we're going to be talking about the people that are really having a fight. I have talked about new gods and old gods. I have, over the years, tried to tickle the brains of all human beings that receive my voice so that they themselves can see. 
unfortunately, I have faith in humanity, but I have faith that all of you now, today, will be adults and understand it. I'm tired of the media playing the game. I'm tired of our influencers playing the game. And now I'm just going to pull the curtain and draw it out. Because all of you have been scammed. Well, you know, Bergie, for example, very salty guy because he just wanted in with the money, but he wasn't part of the crowd. He was not part of the crowd. And the thing that people do not understand is that most of the, let me, let me rephrase. I embraced Patrick Berge, hoping that he could accept that he would never get that golden passport, hoping that he would see that it is better to keep your mouth shut and watch rather than complain about wanting to get paid for helping create. And I'm going to show you exactly that. See, I've made it clear that a quantum computer can completely destroy 2048 RSA bit encryption. Because all codes and encryptions are done using trapdoor mathematical functions that I have talked about again and again. But everyone likes to talk, you know, rubbish. Apparently, these encryption systems are unbreakable. And their security is based on just a a ton of time. Decoding anything today would make it so long that it would be practically unbreakable. But quantum computers already exist. And this is the war that we're having. I'm going to put some pieces together for you in a more linear fashion so that you understand exactly what's going on. And I hope that I'm able to do this in a streamlined fashion for all those out there that talk so much shit. I put out a question. A question to my audience on Telegram and ask them, where was I based out of when I worked? And the majority of them knew the answer. And that's key for people to understand how all of this works. John 17, 17 Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. To understand why this episode is so important to me is because I see so many millions of people going down rabbit holes and everything is hiding in plain sight. And while many want to point the finger, this guy's bad, this guy's bad, this girl's bad, this girl's bad, there's one name that they won't mention because, as I've said, if you know the organization's name, it's not that important. And you know what's funny? The organization has been in your face 
and you haven't been paying attention. Why? Because that very organization created a very powerful tool. Think of it this way. Let's pretend we have a club, right? We're all in the club. And within the club, there are people that want full dominance and control, world domination, but in a more structured manner. And then there's others that say, "Mm, I think the truth is better. I think we have to have faith in humanity. And so you're all in the club and you're starting to fracture. And as you fracture, the big club that houses you decides to cut you off. And all chaos breaks loose. And you know where I'm sitting? 40,000 feet above watching. Watching all of this transpire. Many of you have gone down the rabbit hole of the New World Order. Many of you understand that it's the United Nations, but even the United Nations need a leader. And many of you believe President Trump is being protected by aliens. No, we wouldn't get involved with shit like that. It's, in fact, something more, I would say, attempting to be divine. After the crucifixion or the murder, attempted murder, let's just say 1 AD it began. We had the Manas and the Abbas, and they went. And we had these apostles go through, and they created their own orders. Their own orders. And they were all by lineage, and you guys are correct when you talk about lineage, but unfortunately you have people telling you a bunch of lies. And not because they won't, not because all of them want to lie. Some of them are paid to lie. Some of them have been told a little bit about what's going on, but not the truth. So here I am ripping the band-aid off. There are countless times that I have said that the Vatican weaponized Christianity in order to take hold of everything. We've talked about this. We've had tons of conversation. In 751 AD, Rome was actually seized by the Lombards. It was part of the Byzantine Empire. Remember, the, the king of Greece was infiltrated through his wife. There was so much, and people fled. They fled. The actual descendants of the times of yours fled, and they all created these little factions. Remember, I did tell you how they talked about splitting the religions and creating multiple Christianity. One of the first psyops ever. One of the first ever. But the Vatican was evil. It was in charge of everything. Off with their head. I tell you what to do. It was a great schism of 1378. 378. It was the biggest crisis ever. Where the church was divided. 
the Vatican, the papacy in Rome, basically ruled Europe. The German emperor, Charles V, besieged and sacked Rome, killing thousands, leaving much of it in ruins. That was the end of the Renaissance papacy, but also the Renaissance period. Well, you know what sucks? A lot of people talk about certain, I don't know, factions. They talk about the Jesuits and the Knights of Malta and the Vatican. But what they don't understand is when you seek to be a king or control the people, it's simply evil. Truth is what's important. And in order to find your way through all of that, you have to have an intimate relationship with something that is profound. And when you see things that happen, evil that happens, you want to stop it, right? You know, like there are people, there's two sides of a coin. There are people that tell you that the Knights of Malta are benevolent, right? That they're there to feed the hungry and help. Get the fuck out of here. You guys are so organized and so rich and you throw scraps to the people and think that that's being good. You believe that humankind requires ushering and moving along into the pen. You are so kind and gracious. Well, even in that over 1,000-year-old movement, there's a war. But unfortunately, and we can see this in the Bible, if you use deception as a mean for anything good, it's going to bite you in the ass. Now, the reason I am doing this show is because I have people like this that are one of the people that are spreading misinformation. One of many. There's so many. Because they think, you know what? Have, I want all of you now to just lift your right index finger and put it right in front of your nose, right? And think, can you hide by lifting your finger and putting it in front of your nose? Absolutely not. So when I interact with people like this or watch them talk or pander to the people by themselves, buses, create platforms and tell you how amazing they are, that's what I see. I see people lifting their finger and putting it in front of their face and pretending that they're hiding. That's insane. But guess what? Unfortunately, People have been so misled and so much misinformation is there that you can't see. So the prompt of this show is just to give you guys a bunch of truth and to give my opponent a bit of a taste of what's coming. So here is Jordan Sather, upset. General Flynn called QAnon a disinformation psyop. How could he? 
Let's see what General Flynn had to say. Now, I know there's a lot of people that don't like General Flynn and a lot of people that would go to war for him. Well, it's a brotherhood. You'll see what I mean. Do I believe he's evil? No. Do I believe he's good? Just as much as I am. No. I shouldn't make those comparatives. But I believe now the war within their own faction is coming to the surface. Take a listen. I raise this because it is something that I really do believe that it is some type of government campaign. Maybe it's being done by, uh, you know, uh, ultra government uh, uh, um, uh, organizations, you know, that are working on behalf of it. But Ultra. Ultra. You heard that word. I think I've mentioned it before. Ultra. No, it's not. Well, yes, it is. Because now it's moved stateside from Luxembourg. You know, Millie Weaver outed the original one. And that was just a show. But he's correct and incorrect for the statements. But I'm going to give you full transparency now about everyone. What? General Flynn called Q a psyop full of disinformation. Well, that's because it is. All right. Who wants to talk about what's Q? Look at this phase. This guy is the expert of Q. Do you want to talk about Q? Would you like to know what Q is? Would you like me to tell you what Q is? Because I can tell you what all these fuckers are pushing to you. I am so tired. Now, in order to see what Q is, we would have to ask very specific questions and have evidence, of course. You can't just say things, right? Well, I'm going to remind you of a few things. Few things. Very few things. One, I was taken out at a very young age so that, because I had skills to work as an operator of certain computer systems. Computer systems, <laughs> that don't abide by the rules of RSA-backed technology. Now, that was housed, that was housed in Luxembourg, in the heart of Europe, right under the guise of a bunch of people that you'll never know exist. Now, one might say that sounds a bit suspicious. Well, it's not, because the only way that you get some truth is to understand what you're looking at. So, we talk Q. Quantum, mm, not so much. You hear the word Pegasus flying around, right? Right? How many of you have seen, oh, look, NSO Group Technologies, uh, you know, it stands for Nev, Shalev, and Omri, the names of the company's founder, an Israeli tech company firm primarily for proprietary spyware, Pegasus. Get out of here. No. It's actually Q. Q is spyware. It's actually registered. Oh, you see that name there? Do you see that name? That name, Michael Lisi? Do you remember when all these thirsty Q people were like, oh my God, Q took all the IPs and stole them and took them to Florida. You remember? You remember? You remember? This is the, <laughs> you remember? Well, Michael Lisi is an IP god. And look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Trademark details. Oh, do you want to know what that actually does? It's spyware. It is literally spyware. It is spyware. 
spyware. Complete spyware. The goods and services is providing temporary use of non-downloadable software in the field of communication surveillance for the use in tracking law enforcement targeted individuals. Wait. So were you saying that they have been purporting and pushing spyware? Now, now, the problem that we have here is that people don't seem to understand that we're at war. Oh, and you know where um, this company is based? I should show you because then that'll make more sense to show from what fucking authority I speak of, right? Well, before I get into that, let's talk a little bit about truth. And you know what I found? A fantastic, fantastic speech. Fantastic. About truth. By none other than Jordan Peterson, who understands that in order for anyone to talk about truth, that they must understand that the horrific deeds that they see being executed in front of them, the rape, the murder, the stealing, the theft, the increasingly (laughs) and exponentially um, attack on the people to control, well, In order to be able to speak of truth, you have to admit to yourself that you are more than capable of doing the same thing. And so, Jordan Sather, the Carly Q's, the QAnons are all talking about spyware. I wanted to make that clear to you. Spyware. And wait till you see who the controllers of this, and then you'll understand why their war and what they have done is imperative for winning. And I commend them for deploying that software at the right time on the RSA network because it is necessary to pull it out. I mean, you know, John Brennan went there with a bunch of Saudis and Mossad agents and set up a company. And I was pulled out to play with his bootleg machine. But when they pulled me out of the U.S. Navy, I had two groups of people visit me. I believe NSO was one. And I know that the other was the agency. Now. I just watch. And there's a reason why, I guess, I don't know. I'll show you how they plan. But for now, let's talk about truth. Find your way through all of that. You need to develop a relationship with something that's profound. And you can. You have that capacity. And what could be more profound than the truth? And what would you rather have on your side? And to do more than your best, because your best isn't enough, because your best isn't as good as you could be. You have to push yourself past that. And and that's, as far as I can tell, where you find what you need in life. You find the meaning that sustains you in life, and you find the patterns of action that redeem the world. Nietzsche said that you could tell much about a man's character by how much truth he could tolerate, which is very interesting. You know, there's an, uh, an idea in, 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 the, in the great Western tradition that the truth is the way and the path of life and that no one comes to the Father except through the truth. 
And I believe that to be the case because I don't think that you can manifest who you are without the truth. And so I think it's, it's, it's literally and metaphorically true that the pathway to who you could be if you were completely who you were is through the truth. And so the truth does set you free, but the problem is, is that it destroys everything that isn't worthy in you as it sets you free. And that's, that's a process of burning. And it's, it's painful because you cling to what you shouldn't be, um, partly out of pride and partly out of ignorance and partly out of laziness. And, and so then you encounter something true. And you all know this. You all know this perfectly well because when was the last time that you learned something important that wasn't a, a blow of, of some sort, you know, and, and it's often you look back at your life and you think, Oh God, I really learned something there. I wouldn't want to do that again, but it really changed my life. I mean, sometimes it can really destroy you, you know, an encounter with the truth and you never really recover, but now and then something comes along and straightens you out. And a lot of you has to go, a lot of you has to burn away, you know, and, and, and I suppose in some sense, the idea is that everything about you that isn't worthy is to be put into the flames. And that's, that's another reason to be not so casual about claiming what you believe, because it isn't something that you undertake without due caution. You know, I learned when I was a kid, about 25 or so, a little older than a kid, that Almost everything that I said was one form of lie or another. And I wasn't any worse, I would say, than the people that I was associating with or any better. And, and the lies were manifold. You know, they were attempts to win arguments for the sake of winning the argument. That might be one. Um, attempts to indicate my intellectual prowess when there were competitions of that sort. Maybe just the, um, the sheer pleasure of engaging in an intellectual argument and winning. My inability to distinguish between ideas that I had read and, and incorporated because I had read but hadn't realized that I hadn't yet earned the right to use all of that. And, you know, I had this experience that lasted a long time. Well, I would say it's really never gone away. That, and I think this was the awakening of my conscience, essentially this voice, for lack of a better word, made itself manifest inside me. And it said every time I said something that wasn't true, and that's usually what it said. That's not true. You don't believe that. Or, or there was a sensation that was associated with it. I don't think this is that uncommon, you know. I asked my psychology classes for many years in a row if... Um, they had an experience, this experience, that they had a voice in their head, let's say, it's a metaphor, or a feeling that communicated to them when they were about to do something wrong. And it was universally the case that people agreed with one of those statements or another. And the other thing I would ask is, well, do you always listen to it? And of course, the answer to that was definitely no. Well, you know, I learned that so much of what I was doing was false. And I think I learned this. See, I, there was a reason that this came to me so clearly. I was trying to understand why people did terrible things. And I was really concentrating on the terrible, terrible things that people do. And uh, 
I was interested in Auschwitz, for example, and and not in not, not as a political phenomenon, but as a as a psychological phenomenon. I was curious about how you could be an Auschwitz guard, and I wasn't really cur curious about how you could be one because, well, you could be one. That, of course, I was more curious about how I could be one, being such a good person as I thought I was, and but I also knew that people, many people, did many terrible things during the 20th century. And the idea that I was somehow better than them or that I should assume a priori that I was better than them and that I wouldn't have made the same choices or worse had I been in the same situation was a very, very, very dangerous supposition. And that we really needed to understand why it happened and that perhaps we could go deep enough in that understanding, which is, I think, what happens when you go deep into understanding so that you could stop it because if you if you understand the problem maybe you can solve it you know and at least in part i came to believe that the problem was as solzhenitsyn said that the problem is is that the line between good and evil runs down every human heart and i re was reading jung at the same time you know and he believed that the human soul was a tree whose roots grew all the way to hell and believed also that in the full investigation of the shadow, which was the dark side of the human psyche, was that the, it was bottomless, essentially, that, that, that it was like an experience of hell. And that also struck me as true. And that the way to stop those sorts of things from happening was to stop yourself from being the sort of person who would do it who would even start to do it. Because the other thing you learn when you learn about atrocities of that sort, for me, it was a matter of understanding that the way to stop such things to, from happening, the way to remember properly is to understand that, that you could do it, that you could do those terrible things because the people who did them were like you. And that the way out of that is to stop being like that. And the way you stop being like that is by stop, by ceasing to tell yourself lies that you don't believe in and that you know you shouldn't act out. And, you know, and that's made a huge difference in my life for better or for worse. I mean, it, it, it was very uncanny experience, I would say, because it's very discombobulating to experience yourself as fragmented enough so that much of what you do and say is actually false. It's a lot of work to clean that up, a lot. But the consequences are, in principle, worthwhile. And so that was part of what, what drove me towards clinical psychology, say, in a way from political science and law and from politics in general, because I started to believe that, and I think this is the great Western idea, the proper route forward for the redemption of the individual and for mankind as a whole is as a consequence of the redemption of each individual. And I truly believe that. And I believe that that occurs as a consequence of adherence to the truth. and Adherence to the truth. We are duplicit beings. When we acknowledge that we can do evil, so can I.
There are so many. I'm so good. I would never. No, yes. Yes. Yes, you can. As I stated when I had that dinner at that fantastic new place that popped up in Cleveland with my lawyer, one of my lawyers, I watched and I thought, oh my gosh, that woman right now is pregnant. You couldn't see she was pregnant, I guess. And I said, she's going to have a child and she is okay with committing atrocities and watching people die and get killed because then her child will be in a better place because this is what she believes. And this is the problem we have. QAnon, conspiracy theory. It's not. It's software. <laughs> okay. They call it Pegasus. It's damn software. Okay. And there's not one person behind it. It is many. And you've heard them and you've watched them and they've told you who the owner of it is. I mean, even on truth, Cash clearly tweeted out, uh, you know, oh, look, what could I be doing with Q's Harris? Yeah. So it's right there. All of you refuse to see the truth. We are at war and they are using tools of war for good and evil. I disagree with using tools of war in general. And this is probably why I'm so shunned. But I think it's time we rip the Band-Aid off because the more I watch, the more I see that even though you believe you have it all, it's your game to lose. And it's time we get that. See, the Jesuits, right? You know, oh my gosh, John Kerry is a Jesuit. You know, the guy, right, that I'm running against is aching to get a passport. What kind of passport? Let me tell you. Remember the passport data collection. The reason John Brennan wanted it was to see who had a specific, um, I would say, archaic and very, 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 <laughs> very important passport. So here is something that you would never know. There is a whole nation that exists. A whole nation that exists. That is so massive and yet has no borders and no land. And that is the nation of the Knights of Malta. They have their own passport. Oh, <laughs> what? Yes, they do. Ask me. I've seen it. I knew exactly what he was looking for. Unfortunately, even that very old, very old organization that is just over a thousand years old, has been infiltrated. And stop talking about dual citizenship with other nations. This is a nation in itself. Everything you hear is information. I told you we are living in an era of an infodemic. Hunter does not have that passport. John Kerry. Brennan tried. He was so bitchy. Tennant tried. He was so bitchy. But John Roberts does. Mattis does. And many other. You know, the majority of the people that are part of the Knights of Malta were by JSOC and Special Ops. They're your Green Berets. I'm not just saying that. That is fact. In fact, a Pulitzer Prize winner had talked about that in Cutter. Years ago, years ago, he had a speech 
where he told the world, hey, you know, there are these people and this is an issue. There are many of them. And, you know, they're the creators of the CIA because they know better. You know, it's like, I'm good. Trust me. Seymour Hirsch, a Pulitzer Prize winner, was talking and he explained why America can't change. He told the world, and I'm telling the world now, all of these people you follow that tell you that, hey, Q is going to save the day. Q is software. The operators of that software are the Knights of Malta. Now, are they all bad? Not really. But they think that they know better. And this is why this has been deployed. Who are the Knights of Malta? Well, I mean, I could show you. And you've listened to them and they speak reason. But unfortunately, we do not need this anymore. Let's rip the bandaid off. The people are ready for this because we're allowing the media to call it a conspiracy when it's fact. How the heck is this a conspiracy? President Reagan was there for their 900th birthday. <laughs> the 900th. 900th. So there. Uh, so there. The discrepancy. Everyone believes they're 900, almost 1,000 years old. And let's just, let's just listen to the speech. How's that? So much for conspiracy, right? So much. So much, right? That the president is there on their 900th anniversary. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome to the 900th anniversary of the Sovereign Military Order of Malta and the 62nd Annual Dinner of the American Association. His Eminence, James Cardinal Hickey, the Archbishop of Washington, will now deliver the invocations. Following that, I request that you remain standing and join in the singing of our national anthem. A man, a man whose faith in America has reflected and restored our own. Now, a man whose unswerving defense of the rights of the unborn has reminded all of the essential dignity and sanctity of life itself. And we were talking about that. Since pictures speak much louder than words, and to commemorate this very special occasion, we have prepared a five-minute visual tribute to our honoree, which we would like to show to you at this time. <laughs> <laughs> 
which is not on this video. Yeah. We're going to have a video. Ethiopia. I want to say thank you for all the love and care you have given to our poor through your gift of food. Each time I have knocked at your heart for help, you are always full support. My gratitude and that of our poor peoples is our prayer for you that through this love you have for others, you may grow in holiness. I am sure you will thank God with us for the two tabernacles we have given to Jesus in Moscow and in Armenia. I always feel God uses us on nothingness to show his greatness. So pray for us that we not spoil God's work but that we may continue with great love. Let us pray. God bless you, Mother Teresa. <laughs> Made that extraordinary film on Mother Teresa. I'm sure you've seen it, Mr. President. It was shown in the White House that so many of us have seen to take <clears throat> mothers the warm clothing that she and her sister companion would need when I checked with Jan last week, when she returned from Russia, where she stayed about two and a half weeks with mother, I asked, because Jan didn't volunteer it, she wasn't very generous to me, how did Mother Teresa like her warm clothing? Jan told me Mother Teresa loved all the warm clothes uh, inside a monastery all the time, and they devote their entire lives to prayer and the service to God. And Mr. President, as you know, more things are wrought by prayer than this world dreams of. Now, the scroll says that you and Mrs. Reagan will enjoy the benefit of the monks' prayers day after day through your lives and forever. Prayers that you will both be with our Lord forever. And that's where we want you to be when the time comes, with our Lord forever. <laughs> Who's the guy talking? You ask who the guy who's talking is? That's, I believe that's the old chancellor. You guys should look and see who the new chancellor is. And then maybe what I said about that truth will make sense to you. See, are they bad? No. Are they using bad tools? Yes. Have those tools help them eliminate people within their own group that they believe is bad? Yes. Again, I've been watching all of this unfold. All of this. Every single step of the way. Now, let's just listen a little bit more of this Knights of Malta Anniversary dinner. This is the kind of a gift, Mr. President, that I want to get when I retire, because I will need them a lot more than you. I need these friends. <laughs> Going back to that beautiful film, everybody here has a copy of that film at each of your places. 
so that we can all remind ourselves of how great our president is. Also at your place is a wonderful book that was put out last week called Grinning with the Gipper. Humor is the best balancing force that any of us can have to retain our judgment in times of crisis. And no man does that any better than our great president. For instance, as you will see from the book, discussing the rebates sent to taxpayers while he was governor of California, President Reagan said, I remember the third time we did that, a long time senator, state senator, came into my office one day outraged about our giving that money back to the people. And he said that he considered giving that money back to the people an unnecessary expenditure of public funds. <laughs> and that's true. Uh, the next one is political, but I think you'll like it. The, pre the president said, there are some things that are current today and sweeping the country that I haven't had time to get for. We recall that eight years ago and long before, you made clear statements that some things are good and right and some things are wrong, very wrong, and you made a very clear judgment. In a time of moral uncertainty, you reminded the nation that morality binds us, that morality observed creates a great people, that a morality... Thank you so very much. Peter Grace has the shortest memory of any man I know. And when he departs from the text, it's usually chaos. Immediately after Mass today, which was just a few hours ago, he told me that was the greatest homily he had ever heard in his entire life. Three hours later, it's the greatest homily he's heard in years. If I see him for breakfast tomorrow morning, he'll probably ask me, what were you doing yesterday afternoon? <laughs> Mr. Mr. President, it is not my privilege to introduce you this evening or to speak about you this evening. On the only occasion on which we are on this day is together, we experienced a minor disaster. It was, it was uh, rather catastrophic for you. It was only minor for me. Everyone had come up to the table. This was at the Al Smith dinner. Everyone had come up to the table. The president and I arrived. Mr. President, I regard it as a special and happy occasion, this meeting between us the holder of supreme authority in your great nation who's defended and is defending the principles of democracy and of man's freedom, and the head of an order which has placed its sovereignty at the service of the poor and the suffering, and so of freedom from want. This meeting is taking place at the moment when you're about to conclude your long and distinguished period of service. Conscious and proud of having ensured
So you guys can see the rest of the video at the Reagan Library. Now, are they bad? Because I see people listening to what other clowns are telling them, like this idiot, because I want you guys to listen carefully to what General Flynn said, because they're all freaking out. I want you to listen carefully to what he said, because these people are going to lose all their money come today because I'm tired of this BS. We need not hide. This is a war. And so this guy who's selling you all these T-shirts and tells you how amazing he is with all his little QAnon groups, which are talking about a damn PSYOP software, what you are told is Pegasus, right? We're at war. And I believe from what I observe, that the Knights of Malta within themselves, after being dissolved by the Pope, yes, the Pope has dissolved them to take away their sovereignty as an independent army above that of the United Nations. And then here is where I always had a problem. As I would watch all of this unfold, I would think, you're giving food, but you're allowing them to go in and rape. You're giving food and water, but then you're allowing others to pillage. You're creating more factions and you serve the Vatican, which is the head of the snake. You know, a lot of people are like, my God is this and my God is that. Well, I'm an Orthodox Christian. I am a historical Christian and I stick to that. I don't do edits. Now, listen to what he says, Mr. You know, authority on Q or who else? Those, you know, um, in the Matrix and Shady Groove. They're all talking about Pegasus, a.k.a. Q, right? Right? I say, oh, look, they stole all the OPs and they took them down to Florida. Dude, <laughs> again. This is one of the biggest sting operations you have ever seen. And right now it's about to fall apart because they themselves have been infiltrated. <laughs> and all because, I don't know, the same thing that caused the Knights of Malta to go to shit in the first place. Power. It does. Trump in a rally a week or two back using a song called Where We Go One, We Go All as his background tune. And then he was retruthing obvious Q fans last week, even getting a Q drop to show up in his true social timeline. Mainstream, Mainstream media got super triggered, had a field day with that one. Yeah. And that's because, you know, that's because that tool, right? That software helped wake people up, you loser. There are so many operators of that. This is how dumb they think you are. This is why this needs to go far and wide. This is why it needs to go far and wide. All you need to do is dig in. Wait, let me show you how this is a sting operation. Hold on. Hold my boba tea. So we're talking about all these, this Russia, Russia collusion, right? They have been set up so hard that the media is going to fall on their ass. Here's behind the curtain, you guys. Now, I just want you to take a look at the names and I want you to go to the bottom of the list. So this is um, the IP guy. Here's your IP guy, right? What's this? Holy shit. Okay. What? Okay. 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 See, it, it, people are not paying attention. 
And so all, all of you have been psyoped, the left, the right, the middle, people around the world. And, you know, Tori's a shill. No, Tori knows everything. And it's about time I put it out. I'm tired of the media calling it, you know, it's like the New York Times coming out in a year, QAnon. How the fuck do I follow software? Instead, I just said, is that a religion? And I said that on purpose. I have filed that in court. My interactions with the New York Times, is it a religion? No, it's not, you loser. But it's backed by a religion, yes. And it's people that are very religious that are backing it, yes. Okay. Yes. So this is the sting operation and they have all been caught and everyone has been psyoped every single one of them. While people are like, you talk to him. General Flynn is bad. Why is he bad? Who are you to determine who's bad? Oh, this guy's bad. Who are you to determine who's bad? And then you have people like this in the matrix and groove. They're not, listen, it's message over messenger, right? Well, this message is stupid. And so are many others, you know, the Tracy Beans, the Brian Cates that want to play, you know, fiddly daddly, right? You don't know Jack. And I'll show you why. The infiltration into the New World Order began a long time ago. It all has to do with lineage. I've spoken about this many, many times. And unfortunately, you know, people think, oh, the power of the popes, the power of the popes was the problem. They dominated European society in the Middle Ages, right? In the early Middle Ages, the nobles and the knights held power. However, as time passed, power shifted to popes and kings. This is why we had a King James version of the Bible. And this is why the pope was the one they would send a letter to to ask for assistance. This is how they weaponized the Muslims. This is how they created all these factions. And for anyone saying you're pushing Chrislam, you're stupid. All major religions began with Abraham, so there's some truth in it. And all Bible, the Bible, the Quran, and the Torah are historical documents. And clearly, right now, all of us are writing the new historical document for generations to come. And because time is limited, we've got about four years to get this done, right? Four years. You know, it's time that we rip the Band-Aid off and get this out there. These people are no longer needed. All you need to do is trust your gut and listen to your president. That is all you have to do. He is one of the smartest people I know. And are the Knights of Malta all bad? Not all of them. But they all have power. I mean, they're all rich. They have this exclusive passport that is bigger than a diplomatic passport, right? And all they do is throw some scraps to people, right? To just give them some food rather than elevate society or take out those that are doing it. And the Q software is only able to tackle RSA-backed systems, not the quantum. So that's clear. And that's the problem that we have. We have people like this that are still funneling misinformation. We have people telling you that, oh, all the Knights of Malta are bad. Why are you throwing out the baby with the bathwater? Or all these people are bad. Why are you throwing out the baby? All the Iranians are bad. All the Russians are bad. All the British are bad. All the Americans are bad. Stop. You need to self-reflect. And see that you, people like Jordan Sather, people like, you know, other QAnon conspiracy things are the problem that we have today. I don't understand what, what's confusing May Song. I really don't. There is no Q person. Q is software, spyware. There is no QAnon following. You don't follow software unless you're retarded. 
And I have to take that phrase back because that's actually been tainted. So I have to say, you are mentally challenged when you say that you follow Q. You don't follow software. This is why I get upset when people say it. And then they just say things like, there's a Q and then there's an Anon. Correct. Q is a software. Anon is someone that likes to remain anonymous. Q is simply software. Most of it AI driven, of course. And the predictive analytics that it has are no match to mine. <laughs> I say that. So the, the, the problem that we have right now is that, you know, I saw the media saying, oh, this or Jordan saying he played Q music. Like who called it Q music? You did. You were making smoothies before you came out to, to glorify software. Let's all glorify Windows now. Let's all be Windows followers or, I don't know, iOS followers. Let's all do that. Let's all join the club, right? This is how dumb they sound. And I'm pointing that out because it is dumb. And, you know, the more I sit there and I grin and bear it and I throw little jabs when I'm talking to people, they get upset. You know why? Because they realize that I do know. And that I do know that behind the curtain is just a computer software that is vulnerable to people like me that have access to quantum software. And right now what we're going through is war. And that software was incredible because it was able to mine all the crimes that they have done. And I am so grateful for that. I am so grateful that the Knights actually thought of that. That people were against what the Pope was doing, lining up with this new world order. And that order, that ancient order decided, uh -uh, uh uh we're not going to be flying under the banner of the Vatican that is doing this. They're trying to unite and create Chrislam and then shun the people and then put them in boxes and then, you know, make concessions to what the Bible says. We're not doing this. Are all the popes bad? Mm, no. There were some good ones that wanted to change it, but they couldn't. That's the thing. See, when I hear the media, because I, you know, I, 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 I made it on my ballot, right? And I saw so much QAnon, time traveling. There is no QAnon. You sound like idiots, Vice. You sound like idiots, NBC. You sound like idiots, CNN. You all sound like idiots because Q is software. And that's the way it is. It's software. There is no magical cue. It's software. I can use that software if I want to. Who says I haven't? And that's the way it is. And the thing is, there's really good people doing a lot of really good work behind. And what we need to do is stand right behind them. Are they bad because they're using the software? Not really, because it's not intended for evil. It is intended for good. Do I approve myself, myself? And I am no one to approve or deny, right? But me, I say no. Truth is the best disinfected. You don't have to drag it out clandestine manners. You could just say it. The Bible is the best path of coming out of any war. Unfortunately, yes, it has been edited, but at the core, we can read. History is not what they tell you. And so again, when people tell you, Q, you'd be like, you sound like an idiot. You're just promoting software. You're promoting software. Software. And see, the thing is, it's located proximal to where Brennan set up shop. Global Strategies, Global Security Group, now called, get this, 
Ultra Tech. This is why I don't like Ultra MAGA, because Ultra Tech is now the new name of this group, clandestine group, another faction of the Knights of Malta, the ones that want full and unfettered control, not the good guys. And I say good guys with air quotes, because I do not believe that we should be using psychological operations in order to bring out the truth. So those have now Damazian group and you should watch Millie Weaver's video because when she put that video, GCHQ disconnected, GCHQ took their whole website down. And now you see that size and DHS are partnering with GCHQ new world order. Anyone thinks so as we move along, as we move along, understand that ultra tech is in the U.S. That's why I despise the word ultra. Ultra tech is exactly what <laughs> Brennan created. So as you listen to the rest of this video, uh, this interview of General Flynn, where he's so appalled that he destroyed Q. Why? Because the operation was trying to help General Flynn. And within themselves, they're finding conflicting feelings. McChrystal is a knight of Malta, but he's an infiltrator, not the good guy. And uh, let's just leave it at that. I'm going to pause and I'm just going to let you guys listen to this. And as you listen to this guy, remember, he is talking about software. This is how stupid he looks. One right. Now we have General Flynn doing an interview with the Western Journal good news outlet. That's why he goes to them. They treat him well and they do honest journalism. Doing an interview with them about Q or Q Anon, as he termed it, and saying things like his speculation that it's a government disinformation campaign. Is he wrong about that? No, he's not. That's actually, you know, we could technically say technical definition of a psyop that it is. But like I said at the beginning in the intro of this video, that doesn't mean the deep state or the shadow government, the bad guys are behind it. That doesn't mean it's not being used for the greater good. So we're going to go uh, watch a couple of clips from this interview and also reference the written article from the Western Journal to break down, dissect word by word, get real deep into what Flynn was saying. And again, there's a lot of nuance to this. He was using the QAnon name and i already know what a lot of people are going to be saying, saying about it. it oh there's only q and anons there's no q and on blah 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 yes we're going to look at that angle but all oh my gosh like i am so tired of these people guys cancel them you don't need them they have caused a division within our nation they have pushed the software to no other and i believe that general flynn for whatever his reasons are and i'm not going to uh put down my assessment because i am not one to tell people how to think and what to do right and i am going to tell you this straight mccrystal is a knight of malta does he sit on the good guys bad guys i don't like him because remember i watched all of these people and it's almost like <clears throat> while they have Pegasus and Q, I have other software and you can see who's really full of it and who's not. Again, you know, LaRose, the guy that I'm running against, same deal. He got a talking to, didn't he? And that's why he flipped. Which side are you on? The one of the rich and powerful that will throw scraps to the needy and you get some free pass or the other. See, this is why they're so upset. How do you take out someone you're not allowed to touch? Also, let's just look at his specific statements word by word to um, see what he was trying to relay. All right. 
Let's do it. Here's our article of Flynn's interview with the Western Journal. Now, this article just details Flynn's specific comments about Q. The whole interview is actually about an hour and a half long. It's on the Western Journal's YouTube channel if you want to go listen to it. Flynn talks about a variety of different things as well, aside from Q. But we're going to take a look at his specific comments on Q or QA non. So the first part I want to discuss is Flynn's statements about him believing that Q is some type of government campaign. And he says, maybe it's being done by ultra government organizations, you know, that are working on behalf of it, even saying that he, uh, his speculation is that Q was started by the government and then bifurcated or moved to some quasi governmental uh, groups or organizations to run the thing. And, and, and I've said this before, this is something that I can see our government uh, is some, and they're going to go crazy on this, but I can see our government, uh, uh, you know, somewhere at some level putting something like this together, mm. but, but bifurcating it from the government and turning it over to another, another body, right? Q being a government campaign. Well, let's have a little think here. Q was initiated October 28th, 2017. Who was the president at that point in time? It was Donald J. Trump. So to say if Q was started by the government, uh, is that a bad thing? Not necessarily being that the folks in government. Okay. That's a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie, Jordan. That's a lie. Q was actually created right after General Flynn's team was the one responsible for um, uh, the uh, going after Assange. He was responsible for it. And no one can say any different. And Snowden. His team was in charge. Now, does that mean that he uh, tried to attack Assange? Not really, because just like I put myself onto missions, right, to be able to control the situation and see the information that's coming through. So that's not necessarily that he was attacking him, right? But it is necessarily um, done in order to collect information and see what they're going to do. That's how we knew that they wanted to kill him. This is so we should thank General Flynn for protecting him by being in the middle of it. So for anyone saying, well, he did this, he did that. He you know what he did? He had people like Cassandra Fairbanks and other assets that he hired in the media. Jack Posobiec is an infiltrator. He should not be awarded any medals. I say that. Clear. And just so you know, the DIA's task force Ended on the 17th of October, 2017. When did Q post? Right then. And that was after, <laughs> that, was, that was after Pence arrived to Minot, North Dakota. So the DIA's uh, final task force uh, was the report on WikiLeaks. He spearheaded that. <sighs> so the Knights of Malta isn't all Italians and white people. We have Arabs, we have Chinese, we have Russian, we have everything. And so I want you to understand that there are many people that use this software because they need their own people to wake up. 
So when you hear them talking, right, and this is, I, I believe this is why they don't, uh, you know, approve of my speech because I'm pulling the curtain back and pulling pans down. But, you know, unlike, you know, many people, I actually have knowledge. May not seem like it because, you know, they think I'm dumb or a little bit woo-woo, right? But I come from a different breed. Let me show you the first infiltration introduce you to my relatives. Let's see. Let's go. It's so pertinent right now. Theirs was one of the greatest partnerships. Understated, naturally, but more than once the Queen acknowledged she could not have done it without him. In recent years, the Duke of Edinburgh had retired from official duties, so his arrival at Harry and Meghan's wedding was a rare public appearance. Prince Philippos of Greece was born into a royal family on the run from revolution. He was seven years old when he was sent away to be schooled in Great Britain, and he never again lived with his parents. Philippos became Philip. At Naval College, as storm clouds grew on the eve of war, there was a visit by the king. Philip was tasked with escorting a young princess who took a rather big shine to him. In the war, Philip fought with distinction as a young officer in the Royal Navy's Mediterranean fleet. All the time he was corresponding with Elizabeth, and in 1947 they became engaged. The king and his courtiers weren't keen, but Princess Elizabeth had decided. The royal wedding enchanted the nation and the world. They tend to do that. As their family grew, these were the happiest of years. The death of the king changed everything. Princess Elizabeth became queen at the age of 25. The Duke of Edinburgh pledged himself to a lifetime of supporting his wife. And behind the smiles, he knew that his career in the Navy was finished. I think it did rankle with him. He would have been a very successful uh, man in the Navy. He'd have gone right to the top, according to people who knew him at the time. Instead, he had to find a range of roles that would be stimulating and interesting to him. And he did. Wild plants of our world are in just as great danger as the wild animals. He championed causes way ahead of their time, like conservation. And his lasting legacy is the Duke of Edinburgh's award, which to date has inspired and rewarded more than six million young people. The Duke loved sport, including sailing. When the Queen banned him from playing polo, he took up another dangerous pastime, carriage driving, a sport he helped to revive. His wide-ranging passions were witnessed by Martin Palmer, who worked with the Duke for more than 30 years at the Alliance of Religions and Conservation. I can honestly say he was the best of mates. He was funny, he was supportive, he was generous, and if it wasn't a bad day, he was willing to, to go places and do things I don't think many other people would do. Now, I shall miss him hugely. The image of the stiff upper-lipped Iron Duke was unfair. He didn't give evidence at the inquest into the death of Princess Diana, but released touching correspondence between them. 
it made clear they were close and that Philip strove to save the marriage of Charles and Diana. As with many grandparents, the Duke's relationship with William and Harry was more tender. He and the Queen protected them in the days after their mother's death, and he persuaded William to be part of the cortege with the words, If I walk, will you walk with me? Naturally, in recent years, his health was a cause for concern. The biggest scare was over the Christmas of 2011. Uh, you're doing better. The 90-year-old Duke suffered a blocked artery. A coronary stent was fitted, and by New Year's Day, he was walking to Sandringham Church, much to the relief of well-wishers. In the summer of 2012, bladder infections would cause two trips to hospital. The Diamond Jubilee got off to a very cold and wet start, and after this voyage at the Thames pageant, the Duke had a few days of treatment. It meant he had to watch the rest of the Jubilee from his hospital bed. And then in 2013, right after this garden party, there were 11 nights in hospital which were never really explained. The palace would only say it was for exploratory abdominal surgery, but we do know one of his doctors was a liver and pancreas specialist. He was only discharged from his most recent visit last month. He'd spent four weeks in hospitals, being treated for an infection and an existing heart condition. He had only retired from public duties two years earlier. Never one to make a fuss, he kept putting it off because he didn't want to take any attention away from the Queen's various jubilees and anniversaries. On the day of the announcement, a guest at a reception at St James's Palace said he was sorry to hear he was standing down. I'm sorry to hear he was standing down. I can't stand up much longer, was the reply. The Duke's final public engagement before retirement was in August 2017, in the pouring rain at Buckingham Palace. The band of the Royal Marines played for He's a Jolly Good Fellow, the Duke waved and the crowd cheered. And that was that. Prince Philip said he tried to support the Queen without getting in the way. He was, of course, old school and betrayed no emotion when his wife paid this public tribute during the Diamond Jubilee. Prince Philip is, I believe, well known for declining compliments of any kind. <laughs> but throughout, he has been a constant strength and guide. And that is who the prince is. Left his family during the revolution and never went back. And suddenly he became king. <laughs> he loved Princess Diana. He warned her. He expressed what patience is. And if you hear old interviews of him and what Diana would have to say of him, you would see that he would tell her, maybe it's great to just watch and then you'll know when. But she couldn't. It's kind of like what I say. The Knights of Malta for almost a thousand years have watched why they, while they pillaged the world, while evil happened, hold the line, hold the line, hold the line. And this is all the perfect storm. 
Assange is such an incredible human being. He has done so much for the world. And he tried to get the truth out. And I know while there's exposed General Flynn, shut up. Why don't you expose yourself? None of you speak truth. Everyone hides. Q. It's software. Q is software. General Flynn led the investigation into Assange to have control of it. That is something that my father educated me on very, very well. Watch, participate, the destruction. It's quite weird how the Pope dissolves the Knights of Malta, the Queen is dead, and we have full-blown war, and it's all through misinformation. There are thousands and thousands of people pushing kill. It's software. When someone says anything, post the software. Software, software, software. It's not magic. It's software. This is why there's wizards and warlocks. This is why JSOC is involved, because the majority of them are special forces. But again, think of it. They have all this power and all this money and all this influence with their fancy dinners. And they have sat for a thousand years watching the destruction. And one would say they're evil. Maybe. They were. But as the time grew, conscious also grew. Conscious also grew. And within their ranks rose people that said, no, 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 enough of this. Enough of this. There was a dispute about condoms, I kid you not, actual condoms, between the Vatican and the Knights of Malta. The Vatican would promote, you do not use birth control or or condoms because we believe in life. Well, the condoms were so that there weren't babies to kill. All you have to do is search it up. It's not magic. It's all in front of you and you have people calling it a conspiracy theory. Conspiracy theory? There are the Knights of Malta. The president of the United States, Ronald Reagan, attended one of their annual dinners in New York. Not only that, there have been dinners in the past, too. Allow us to observe one from 1967 that was being held in France, in Versailles. Here we go. It's called (laughs) Chevalier de Malte. Let's go. Which Maltese is a cross between what? Romance language, Latin slash Arabic. So weird. Versailles a été le théâtre d'un grand rassemblement des dignitaires de l'ordre souverain de Malte. La présence du 77e grand maître venu d'Italie et qui avait été reçu par le général de Gaulle conférait à cette cérémonie une solennité particulière. Si anachronique que puissent paraître à certains ses traditions et ses uniformes, l'ordre de Malte a une activité réaliste et utile. Le prince de Polignac a souligné qu'il But conspiracy, right? une quinzaine d'hôpitaux. But conspiracy, right? Nous avons surtout des activités 
concernant la guérison et le soin. Maybe it's time that people that think they're important with their stupid little check marks and their queue and their group, they understand that they're part of an operation. This is an operation. And, you know, the more I probed with people that know parts of the story, I thought I'd just come out and say it. Uh, Cardinal Vigano has done amazing work putting it out in plain sight. He is also a knight. He's part of the order, right? And this is it. There is no savior. Q is software. And we are at war and there are very, very good people. Very good people working really hard behind the scenes. And all of you should be doing one thing, and that's prayer, because that will help. It does help a lot, because I think a lot of them have now realized what's really at stake. What was that? Um, Epiphysians 514. For this reason, it says, awake, sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you, right? Romans 13, 11, do this, knowing the time that it is already the hour for you to awaken from sleep. For now, salvation is nearer to us than we believed. We are winning. And that is truth. We are winning. It's a long, lonely road that I've walked. On my own, never, never thought I'd end up in this place. Ooh. I went fast, I went slow, then I gave up all hope. Cause I know either way it's the same. Ooh. And I'm not trying to find somebody. Cause no one else but you will do. Ooh. Yeah, the real thing is gold. How I wish I could hold you. 